Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Better Days Season 3. This podcast is a little bit different today. I felt compelled that I needed to share this story after the tragic news that we all heard yesterday about the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven others. Yesterday I was laying in bed with the flu when my phone beeped. It was a text message from my good friend Ian. I opened the thread and glanced at the message, and it was an article that had the headline, Kobe Bryant, 41, dies in a helicopter crash. I sat there, stunned, and I text back one word, no. To put simply, I was devastated and in shock, as so many people around our country and the world were. Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player and favorite athlete of all time. My childhood was so hard and painful. I grew up in an unstable household. By the time I graduated from eighth grade, I had four fathers who had rotated in and out of my sister and my life. We experienced deep pain and trauma during those years. In the midst of growing up in these conditions, I found something that gave me purpose, something that gave me passion, and something that gave me hope. That was basketball. I put my heart into making something out of my life through the game of basketball. To me, this was my purpose. This was how I was going to be able to go to college. This was my pathway of hope to rise above the pain and trauma I experienced as a child. I did not want my story to be halted by adversity that I had faced. I deeply wanted a future and a hope. Basketball gave that to me. You know... I believe God uses things like a ball in our hand to shape our lives and to take us somewhere He wants us to go. The most amazing thing to me is that basketball is what ultimately brought me to hear about Jesus. In middle school, a brand new student moved into our neighborhood named Adam Payne, and he played basketball. He was the same age as all of our friends who played, and we used to play with him every single day. And yet every Wednesday night, he went to church. And one Wednesday night, we were playing three-on-three. And he had to go to church, which messed up our three-on-three game, obviously. So he left. We decided later on we were going to go to church, make fun of the church kids. But when we got to church, we saw heaven open. We saw a brand new, full-court, lit-at-night basketball court that had just been built at the church. And it was through beginning to play at that church and a relationship I built with the youth pastor who played with us that I met Jesus, that I heard about Jesus, that I found hope and life and redemption and healing and forgiveness and a future in Jesus. Kobe Bryant was my ultimate inspiration. I started following him when he was in high school and I was in middle school. And then, through the 20 years that he played as an L.A. Laker, my Uncle Neil took me to many Lakers games to watch Kobe and Shaq growing up. He knew how much I loved the Lakers, and I loved Kobe. 
In fact, I got to see him play his rookie season. Those are some of the best memories I had growing up. I followed almost every game he played in the NBA. I saw him win five championships. I watched every all-star game he played in. I saw him score 61 points in his last game, or 60, one of those two. And he dropped the mic at the end of the game. His determination, work ethic, and perseverance through adversity inspired me to do the same. You know, when you don't have heroes at home growing up, it is so valuable to find heroes outside of your home that you feel inspired by. And that was a part of my story. That's why this hit me so deeply. Because I had so much pain, so much hopelessness, so much trauma as a kid, but then I found this thing that brought me purpose and hope. I cried yesterday for a while with all these emotions stirring in me in disbelief and deep sadness. I received so many text messages from friends of mine who said they were thinking about me because they knew that Kobe Bryant was my favorite player of all time. Everyone echoed the same response, shock and sadness. Kara knew how hard this was for me to process, and she brought me a plate of fruit, nuts, cookies, and tea, and she just sat on the edge of the bed and let me cry. As I was processing, I thought about how hard life can be at times, how heartbreaking life can be at times, how unfair life can feel at times, how paralyzing and devastating loss and tragedy and pain and depression and discouragement can be in a person's life. And I thought, how do we think about all of this? Here are some thoughts that I wanted to process with you. Maybe these will be helpful for you as you're processing your own loss or you're processing through this tragedy as well. And these are also some thoughts for leaders, because I think that as leaders, whether you're a pastor or you're a business owner, you have your own loss, you have your own pain, you have tragedies that occur around your life. And I believe these are really, really important thoughts to process through as you're experiencing and walking through the valleys of the shadow of death the hard and painful and crushing and discouraging and defeating tragedies that occur in a broken world, this broken world that we live in. So here's some thoughts for you. First of all, loss is painful. It is not spiritual to numb or suppress our pain. And you know, even as a leader, sometimes we think we need to rise above pain, whatever that means. There is nothing in the psychology community, in the science community, in the Bible as a spiritual leader that teaches us to suppress or numb our pain. In fact, Jesus wept over the death of his friend. And I think I can relate to that. I think we can relate to that, that it is okay to cry and weep when we face loss. It's actually good for our soul. 
It actually is healing as we're processing grief to feel the pain of grief and to weep over the grief that we're experiencing. So loss is painful. Secondly, sorrow is the right response. You know, sometimes we think we have to be tough and strong, right? Sometimes as a leader, you think, I can't show my weakness. I'm just sharing these false cliches with you. But guess what? Weakness is human. You're a human. Your identity is not a leader. Your identity is a human being created in the image of God. And sorrow is a statement that this is not ultimately the way things should be. I think about Jesus. I think about Isaiah 53 and how Isaiah describes Jesus' life on earth and his death. And he says, Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. If Jesus had sorrow and Jesus' sorrows were a statement that this is not ultimately the way things should be, and he was human, then we also have sorrow, pardon me, and we are human. Sometimes sorrow is a statement that just basically represents, this does not feel right. It's an expression that whatever tragedy, whatever loss has occurred, it doesn't feel right. And you know what? That's right. This is not how God created the world to function. The world originally was not designed for death and loss and tragedy and grief. And so sorrow is the right response. Third, comfort people. I think when we face tragedy, I think when somebody is in the depths of grief, when somebody is pouring out their heart weeping and crying and struggling and trying to make sense of a tragedy or a loss, I think it's easy to try to fix them or fix the context or pat them on the back or try to make them feel better because we're uncomfortable. But that's not what they need. And it's also easy to try to give advice, but that's not what they need. What people need is for you to be present, for me to be present, for you and I to let them grieve and allow people to feel sorrow and process their raw emotions. There's a time to talk. There's a time to navigate. There's a time to encourage, but there's also just a time to sit and to allow somebody to grieve and weep and struggle and process. And that's healthy. So comfort people. If you're a leader and you see someone in pain and you're with somebody in their tragedy and you're next to somebody who is grieving a loss, just be present with them and let them feel their pain and express their emotions. Fourth, there is not a silver lining in everything. I want you to hear that because I think that we make a mistake when we think that every situation in life has a silver lining, there is not a silver lining for everything. Everything is not a lesson. Everything is not a teaching opportunity. 
Sometimes we just feel and we just grieve. For some reason, we always want to make a point out of everything. Sometimes we just need to feel and grieve and process the pain that we're feeling. And this is a great encouragement to leaders because I think there's this pressure that we're always to have an answer. We're always to have wisdom. We're always to come up with some solution that that helps solve or alleviates the pain in somebody's life. But that's another false idea. That's another false construction that we need to deconstruct. Because there's not a silver lining for everything. And we don't always have the answer for every situation. I have no idea why this tragedy took place. All I know is that my heart is sad for Kobe, for his 13-year-old daughter who will never get to experience the life ahead that she had. For the other kids on board who were just going with their best friend and teammate to a basketball game. To the parents who also lost their lives. To the pilot who also lost his life. There's not a silver lining for everything. That is tragic and heartbreaking. Fifth, we groan awaiting a better day and a better world. Tragedy, death, and loss were not a part of God's original design. I know I said that, but I'm going to repeat myself. Days like these make me realize once again that there are better days ahead and that there is a better world ahead. A world that God restores everything back to its original design. A world where there's no more death, no more tragedy, no more loss, no more heartbreak, no more tears over these broken situations. A day when the kingdom of God makes all things right. And in the meantime, we do what Romans 8 says. We groan. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to pray. We don't know how to navigate these situations sometimes. So we groan and we await better days and a better world ahead. Lastly, how do we respond? We never give up and we never lose hope. You know, tragedy is confusing and emotional. Sadness can feel absolutely paralyzing at times. But we should never give up and we should never lose hope. There is still purpose to fulfill in each of our lives. There is still people to love. There is still kindness to spread. There is still good to do with the gifts that God has given us. There is still people's lives to better through the opportunities that God has given each of us. And we do not believe that darkness wins. We believe that light will always win out. And if you're a leader, it's okay to be overwhelmed in your own loss, in your own tragedies. It's okay to feel pain and confusion and emotions that run deep and feel so hurtful and painful. 
But I also want to encourage you to never give up and to never lose hope. Martin Luther King Jr. said these words, and I think they're so fitting. We must accept finite disappointments, but never lose infinite hope. If you lose hope, somehow you lose the vitality that keeps life moving. You lose that courage to be, that quality that helps you go on in spite of it all. I love that quote. I love this quote from Kobe as well, and I'll end on this. He said, I have self-doubt. I have insecurity. I have fear, fear of failure. I have nights when I show up at the arena and I'm like, my back hurts. My feet hurt. My knees hurt. I don't have it. I just want to chill. We all have self-doubt. You don't deny it, but you also don't capitulate to it. You embrace it. Wow. What fitting words. You feel the pain. You embrace it. You feel the loss. You embrace it. But never lose hope and never give up. Praying for all of you. So much love on a day like this where so many are feeling confused, deep heartbreak, sadness, and shock. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were encouraged. I would love for you to help me to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you for your support. I can't wait for you to join with me again next week for another episode of Better Days. 